Welcome back to the World Triathlon Podcast, and thanks as always for your ears as we hit season four with a bang. This year we'll be in the saddle with triathlonlife.tv with some exclusive discounts for our listeners to get live access to every race of the 2023 Championship Series, the Paris Olympic Test Event, World Cups, Arena Games, Multi-Sport World Championships in Ibiza, and plenty more from around the continents. More on that coming up, but for now, here's our first guest of the year giving us the inside scoop on the glitz and glam of the Global Triathlon Awards, off-season training with Anna Haug, and scything through Bermuda for 35 kilometers alongside the island's only Olympic champion. Today on the World Triathlon Podcast, we catch up with one of the most talked about rising talents of the last two years. Within months of graduating in psychology and AI in 2020, she had scored a first World Cup podium in Carla Vivari and has since kicked on a pace, hitting a first WTCF podium at the start of 2021, following up with victory in Leeds just before a strong debut Olympic campaign in Tokyo. The 27-year-old will be one of the favourites to be among the medals again in 2023. She is the Netherlands' Maya Kingma. Maya, hello, how are you and where are you? Hi, thank you for the nice introduction and inviting me. Um, I'm good, and at the moment I'm in uh, Lons Road, Club La Santa, together with Anna Hauk to uh, yeah do some good training. It's uh, definitely better weather here than in the Netherlands or in Germany, so uh, yeah, really happy about it. Great. Yeah, we've been sub-zero for about a week here in the UK, so uh, the warmth of Lanzarote sounds lovely about now. So you're with, yeah. Anne, you're with Anne Haug. Is this yes. an ongoing training relationship? Um yeah, actually, we did it uh, last year as well. Uh, so uh, I had my Yokohama prep uh, here in Lanzarote as well, which was really good. And I know Anna, I think, from 2016, and she invited me to come over when she was still doing short-distance races just to uh, see if I could help out with some swimming and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think we just get along really well. So uh, it's nice to, like... I do a lot of my trainings on my own, but it's nice to do like apart from the training, be together with someone or like for long endurance rides, you can do it together. And then the times uh, go a bit quicker. So uh, of course I have a lot to learn from her as well. And uh, it's amazing just to be with her and uh, yeah, we could talk about so much. So uh, yeah, we always enjoy dinner together. (laughs) (laughs) So literally beyond that, it just you on your own most of the time, is it? Like how does the... Uh, no, I do have a coach, but it's uh, all apart from the federation. So, um, so yes, yeah, since 2016, when I joined uh, Anna in uh, Germany, I was like, okay, things can be really different in triathlon and in a training setting. And that actually made me think about, yeah, looking for some different ways. Um, so it's actually since 2017, I'm doing it mostly apart from the federation and just um, looking for my own swim coaches and my own group that I want to train if I wanted to train with a group. Um, yeah, and have my own coach. Uh, so uh, since uh, two years, I worked together with Koen de Haan, which is, um, yeah, he, he used to be a swimming. He did some with the cycling uh, team Sunweb with the ladies team. And now he's in the rowing federation, actually, and they are doing a pretty good job in the Netherlands. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but he, he knows a lot about triathlon and uh, yeah, I think he, we really live with each other. Um, but we work on distance, so I don't see him that often. Uh, so most of my training sessions I do just from home. Mm-hmm. Um, swimming, almost always alone, but I like that because I don't just like, 
I know what time or training I have. I can do the easy pace really easy, or if they go hard, I can go hard. And I know this, the times I want to swim and I just use the clock to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really need another motivator to, to do that. Um, and yeah, with running, it's actually the same because I don't run a lot. It's probably also known already, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the only few sessions I do, I just prefer to be able to focus on it and, uh, yeah, do what I think that it's best for me at that moment. Mm. Uh, yeah. So very much a self motivator then, I suppose, like, do you, is it possible to reach the top of the sport if you're not a self motivator? <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard. But I think like for all athletes, if you, you have to find your own way. And I think a lot of athletes, um, they do it on their own or with friends they choose themselves. Um, and, and for some people, it means that they might have to find some motivation and some athletes that motivate them or each other to go out. Um, and for some, it's different. I think we're an individual sport, but there are definitely athletes that just prefer to do it together. Uh, but also some not, but I think they're all self-motivated, but they just have to find the ways to, uh, to stay like that. Yeah. And for me, that's just enjoying the training and make it a bit fun. I started with this travel program in the Federation and I just immediately got injuries because I, I didn't run a lot. Um, yeah. And if you're not tough enough for like injury wise yeah. or, or whatever's going on, or it just doesn't fit you, then yeah, you're not happy. So I was, I was very unhappy. And even though I thought like, oh, I have some better days. If I look back on it now, I was like, no, I just didn't know what happy days are. And yeah, the, so I think that was one of the, the biggest reasons that I was like, and I knew like from swimming, it's a very technical sport and I lost my swimming quite a bit. It was going backwards uh, um so i was like yeah i understand that i'm not a swimmer anymore so you might make less hours but i want to keep like the first group that that's you know that has an advantage to be in the first group and travel um so the mind yeah. of that bike it certainly does <laughs> yeah 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 so uh yeah it were actually multiple things but i had so many injuries with running that um yeah i still paid a bill for that because now I'm I'm still like far behind the pace that I can run because I, I have very pretty fast uh, 10k personal best, but my body is just not used to running the, the the miles you need for that. I think I run only during race season and the whole winter I would be injured. Um, so I have to uh, have to make up some years and that's right. yeah that's why I have to be so careful now. Were there periods where you were pining for going back to swimming? Because you were—I mean, you were a national champion of swimming, right? And presumably, seeing the people, some of the people that you were training with and, and racing with, kicking on, were they to to you know, representing the Netherlands at the, the highest level as well? Um, yeah, actually, to be honest, I think I did my first triathlons in 2012, and that was also because with swimming, I I was mainly doing open water swimming. And I was a bit too young to go international. Um, and with triathlon, I could like even go to the world championships for juniors that year in Auckland. And that experience was just so great. And then the year after I was allowed to do the WTS race in Hamburg, uh, because it was just a sprint race and they knew that I would be front back swimmer. So I would be in the race. Uh, um, and yeah, I, I just remember that race and with then the helicopters in the air and I was like, wow, this is, 
This is such cool sports. I just want to stick with triathlon because swimming is, is of course, it's also a nice sport, but it's a bit the same, you know, and, and triathlon has the challenge of, of balancing those three sports and disciplines and your body has to change a bit. And, uh, yeah, if you're injured with swimming, you can still go for a run on a ride. And it's the other way around. If you're injured with running, you can do a lot of cycling and swimming. So, uh, yeah, I, I knew that I, I wanted to continue with triathlon. Yeah. That is a hell of an opening salvo to a sport, like within the first year, getting your first WTCS, WTSS at the time start. Like I hadn't really appreciated that, but yeah, you were on that Hamburg start line surrounded by presumably some of the biggest names in the world. And yeah. I mean, you know, we sort of see and, and hear a fair bit uh, about um, perhaps slightly inexperienced athletes and, and how how it is to be in a huge bike pack when you're not so familiar with how it is. So, yeah, how on earth was that as a, as a first race? And were you desperate to play out? It, uh, to be honest, it was crazy. It, it was definitely crazy because... Even during the warm-up or before the swim warm-up, I remember it was one of the biggest athletes at that moment. And she, she came up to me asking if, if she was allowed to do a warm-up. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never done this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Who was it? Yeah, I don't remember actually. Because I was not that much in the sport yet. But I just knew that she was like, wow, this is, I just know you from television. And... <laughs> And then I remember, like, I think I was the first one to turn around the first buoy in that race. And I was really afraid because I thought I did something wrong. I was like, oh, maybe that was not the true start. So maybe it was a tryout and we're only supposed to start at the second whistle or whatever. Uh, so I was really scared. And then I think I was first on the on the bike as well. And then the whole group came. And, you know, Hamburg with all this, like, tiny corners and the streets. I was completely lost in it. And I think like uh, Anna actually, she, she won that race, but of course she was like a bit behind in the swim. So they, they ride everything back together and we started running and I think I almost finished last. But uh, <laughs> so it was quite an experience, but yeah, I, I just loved it so much. And I loved that there was, was a challenge and uh, that there's still so much to improve even now. There, I know there's so much to improve. I mean, I don't have enough months to, to work on everything that I would like to work on. And uh, yeah, I think that's just amazing in triathlon. And then it was a bit of a wait for your next WTS start after that, was it? I mean, obviously you kind of yeah. had the juniors kicking on and, and World Cup starts and so on. But yeah, that was still sort of, I don't know, is it quite good to then leave a big gap, build back? And then when you come back to that foot, that next WTS start line you were you were feeling a bit more like right I'm prepared for this but I've also got my completely green slightly wide-eyed moment out of the way yeah I I actually think it it might not have been the smartest thing to do to let me race already in my second year of international travel um but but yeah you know at the time I think it was John Hellemans and he said like we just know you're a front pack swimmer you might even come out first and that increased my nerves before the race because like, okay, he's expecting me to come out first. Um, but yeah, it gave me also some kind of security that, that with the swim, it would be okay. And then I will just have to manage on the bike and then to run didn't better. Um, and I think it just made my love for the sports like that. I knew, okay, I, I, I would love to 
explore this and let's see if I can can like compete in this level once in in the future. Um, so I think it's good that I went back to like uh, the normal build up, which is the European Cups and then maybe World Cup and uh, yeah. yeah, and like that. Um, because definitely I was not prepared for it, but uh, it, it was a very good experience for me just to uh, to see there was a lot of uh, things to win and to learn and uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean when you see someone like a, a Tilda Manson, obviously last year had a, had an amazing season and got that first World Cup win so early as well. So yeah, do you see a little bit? Do you, do you sort of kind of make an effort to try and kind of speak to them, or would you like looking back? Um, apart from being asked if you're allowed to do a warm-up by someone that probably should have known. Um, yeah, I guess there's a, there's an element of just wanting to focus on what you've got to do and, and yeah, probably not going to be the most, um, what's the word, kind of gregarious and talkative on your first few start lines, are you? You just want to just get, yeah. and get it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you just try to, at least I really try to look around and see how people do it and how people like prepare differently for their races. And I really had to find my own way to do that um, because I'm always a bit like, um, yeah, for example, I had a very good advice from a psychologist like years ago, uh, actually one psychologist that uh, worked with my coach nowadays, uh, but I, I didn't know that then. Um, but he was like a bit like, if you're very introvert, then maybe before the race, you should be become not over introvert because then you can lock yourself in. And I was really doing that. I was like, I have to focus on my own and I'm not, she bother nothing around me. And now I just learned that no, because then I'm just going to go further and further down the, I have to lock myself in. So I, now I'm a bit more talkative and just try to look around a bit and see if someone else is wanting to have a casual chat just to like get the nerves down a bit so uh there's not a lot of room for being introverted and and in your own zone when you're surrounded by flailing limbs and that first boy and i mean not you're normally further ahead but um yeah that you know that's not a moment for just drowning out everything around you that you need to be no definitely not before but no definitely not during the race but like before the race before the lineup you know, you see athletes doing it differently. And I think that's, that's really nice to, to see and to learn and to explore what's the best way for you, because I tried everything and now I know like, I have to be somewhere in between. I have to have a certain focus, but I should not be too focused. Uh, so yeah, that was really nice just to, uh, yeah, to figure out. Did the going through the psychology degree at the same time as kind of coming through the ranks, I mean, did that, did that add? certain elements to your racing as well were you picking up things as you were going along that you felt actually really helped or were they two very distinct worlds that didn't really overlap uh i think they were pretty distinct worlds actually because of course i'm i think i i think it's really good if you're able to do some study or work or anything else apart from sport because also for me it really helped me um, but I didn't bring so much from my study itself towards the sport, apart from like the normal experience you get with like presenting or having to keep deadlines or working together with people. You know, these are like the normal people skills that are very, uh, very good. Mm. Um, but just just um, the, the visualization, but I already did it when I was a swimmer long before I started studying psychology. Uh, it's just nicer that you like, if you're studying 
and you see what happens in the brain if you can just like imagine you're doing stuff that really has effect on your brain so that's that's nice to see and it maybe gives you a bit more confidence that it helps but you know yeah, there's also a big placebo if, if you think it works then it definitely will work so uh yeah it didn't make a big difference and not having your coach at races presumably much of the time then if he's kind of doing rowing and this and that and, and you're yeah so so you've never really had that luxury of of traveling as as part of a team or yeah sometimes i would really love to have my own coach or someone that's there always and i know that i can trust that person and that's there for me and we have the same thinking about the racing strategy and stuff um and yeah maybe get a bottle or anything before the starts that that's yeah that's the basics that that would be really nice to have a bit of a safety environment um yeah and i don't know yet how it's going to be for the next season because now it looks a bit like we have to do it completely on our own um so yes i don't know yet <laughs> it's it's all about money right mm. uh, yeah you know it's, it's quite expensive to even go by yourself to races and to bring someone it's also uh, yeah just double the costs um, and especially if I want to bring my tra my coach, then I also have to pay for his hours. Um, so yeah, it's quite complex. I, I'm just lucky that I have a boyfriend that's uh, really used to like uh, sports, and he's really he used to be a almost same a professional cyclist, so he knows what it's about. And um, yeah, he's always also very like into tactics and just looking back with me together to do the races and saw see like okay, just happened there. Uh, maybe we should focus on that next time. What can we do to improve it? Um, so it's it's good that, for me at least, it's good that some races are a bit closer to home. Uh, for example, last year he was there in Hamburg. And if I wouldn't have been injured, I would travel with him to Munich, to the European Champions as well. So, of course, then he doesn't have a coach accreditation. But just having someone there around, that that's really nice too. It's just take off some of the yeah of the normal business that's going on like what you said like with flora and then just have someone that you can give your jacket or just give it back or ask for some water or if someone at least just says like just leave me be then you know that maybe you should just do that <laughs> thank you for now and if this person might need something anyways but uh yeah sometimes you have it like my boyfriend, he knows that the, like the, the morning before a race or something, he should not bother me. <laughs> like, I just want to have some focus or I just want to switch off and don't focus. But uh, yeah, sometimes, especially before the race, I have some, I do have some, some pre-race nerves. Uh, and if I have to eat like the, the dish before, um, before the race, I don't want to talk anything about the race because I don't, I, I cannot swallow my food anymore if we talk about the race. Right. So uh, I'm always saying, just just talk about how nice uh, the Australian shepherd dogs are, or whatever, <laughs> and then we just talk about that. In and that field, going fine, yeah. But then he knows if he just starts like, where do you want to go on the pontoon? And I'm like, no, 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 not yet. <laughs> we can talk about it if I have my my bread or banana or whatever I'm eating at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is the perfect sort of pre? Like, would you? It's, would you prefer a morning race? Do you prefer like an afternoon race? Does that always really drag? Are you kind of, you know, for something like Tokyo that was such an early start, did that, was that actually quite a good thing in some ways, apart from typhoon blowing in? <laughs> yeah. 
no, that, that was absolutely perfect race. No, I, I think, um, of course, as a junior, most of the times you were, you're, it's like you're least important in the, in the program. Uh, so you're very early in the morning and I think I was really okay with that, but I also prefer to do something before I have to race. So I would love to have a, like a 20 minute spin on the bike or go in a pool for 20 minutes. And if you're racing that early, then you have to wake up at three at night. Um, so I think more now I, I like the bits afternoon races, not the late afternoon, but the afternoon races mm. that you can just wake up at a normal time, do some walk or swim or whatever it's available and then have your good, uh, foods and, uh, yeah. And then prepare for the race. I think that's a bit, uh, a bit nicer, but like waiting until uh, 7 PM. No, I think that would be a long day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a nighttime triathlon though would certainly have its have its appeal. I think you know, go somewhere hot and just have illuminated boys all up and down in the water and stuff. <laughs> That'd be great. Be good telly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if we like to swim properly, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, the off season has it been an enjoyable one, a particularly interesting or different one in any way? Are you, are you in fact? you know, a good off-seasoner or do you sit on the sofa with one eye out the window thinking, can I just squeeze in another session before the family come around? Or... Uh, no, no, no. I, I actually do like off-season because I can uh, even do more of the stuff that I just enjoy to do. Uh, so like I said, I, I always try to make my training sessions fun. So in the Netherlands, I do a lot of mountain biking or gravel riding uh, instead of just always go on the road with my road bike. Uh, but, but I think in, in winter or during off season, you can do that a bit more easily. Um, so you can, uh, I don't know, I, I, we just moved. So we lived in the south of the Netherlands, like in Maastricht, when I did my studies as well. And now we moved a bit, bit more to the north. And graveling and, and mountain biking there is even more nice. Um, and there are a lot of cycling groups. And normally those cycling groups, they always go too, ha too fast. Um, not because the level is that high, but just because they enjoy to like <laughs> make a bit of a race of every training session. Right. So during most of my season, like serious training, I don't I don't go with them uh, because my easy sessions have to be very easy. Like in the Netherlands, I even then I ride like twenty five k's an hour, just that slow. Um, so if I join them, it's gonna be a bit too hard. Um, but during off season, I can do that because then it doesn't matter. I don't have a serious session the next day. Uh, so I did enjoy that, but of course I also have an injury to, uh, yeah, to come back to. Mm. Um, so it was not like uh, off season, like completely switch off from sports because I had to like go to the MRI scan and check out the ankle and make a plan of how we can recover and, uh, yeah, slowly, slowly build up and doing some strength and. So it's a bit, it's been a bit different. And of course it's super short because, uh, yeah, we only ended at the end of November. So, um, but, yeah, it felt a bit weird that it was already Christmas and you're like, oh, I completely forgot that it's already Christmas and maybe I should have sent some Christmas cards, but yeah, it went all so quickly. So, uh, <laughs> definitely an interesting off season this year. Yeah. yeah. But also obviously only got last year it was it wasn't until may and yokohama that the season really got underway was it and that felt like it maybe dragged a little bit i mean there would been the arena games and so on but this is 
straight not only extended to the end of last year but straight in normal time this year and it's gonna just shrunk that whole period down a lot isn't it yeah yeah i'm actually not sure if i'm uh, gonna make it to abu dhabi um because like if you if you, i actually really enjoyed it that we that at least the wts season they only started in uh, in may because you know at least just need the time to build up if we want to survive a whole season uh, we want to be strong not only at the first one but also at the last one you you need some proper training to be done and you need some proper off season um so yeah i uh, my, my main focus is just on on getting completely recovered from my injuries and just having yeah the proper training in and then i will see uh yeah which races uh, i can make but the, the main focus for me is just to to get better again and improve some things that i saw that last year could be improved uh so i just want to make my fir- my better self uh yeah my better self first before i start racing again yeah what did the mri finally reveal then because obviously we saw you at the pre-Bermuda, almost like, was it the day before or just before the start of the race even where you were kind of having your ankle checked out and can you, can't you, should you, shouldn't you start that? Was it, was that literally when that issue flared up, um, obviously got yeah. through that race and the championship finals, um, but is it only now that you've found out exactly what the issue is? Um, well, actually, I twisted my... Uh... I think my right ankle already in uh, in Hamburg during the race, mm. um, and I could run through it. Um, but yeah, that's also why I had to cancel the next day because I uh, it wasn't that great, and that's also why I had to cancel the European Championships um, and why I was a bit unprepared for Gagliari, but I just hoped that I could make it. Um, and I think I was just maybe a bit too careful still because like the, the right ankle wasn't completely great yet. So it wasn't, it was just like a normal twist, but uh, yeah, of course there's some damage and you have to be careful. You have to build up again, give it some time to recover. Um, and I think I was just a bit too careful on my run and just thinking about it too much, like, okay, I should land properly and, you know, and then you, you get a bit out of your normal run, um, yeah form and i think that's the moment that i twisted it in bermuda again like uh, three days before the race um so i'm really thankful that team gb uh offered their help with their uh uh, physiotherapist for five minutes just to see if it like if i had to go for a scan or anything and the help in bermuda was was it really it was awesome how the sport docs to there and uh, we did an echo and we just checked some things and she really said, like all the, um, how do you say it, all the tendons and all the small muscles there, they are like not screaming, but they're definitely talking to me. I really loved how she, how she said that, but I rolled it around like before Bermuda. So it was like on all sides in the front, the left, the right side, the inner side. It all was a bit, um, yeah, a bit not that good. Uh, and she was really like, you are not going to race. Definitely not. But I was like, if it's not completely torn off or something, then I cannot really make it worse. Of course, I'm going to prolong the time that it has to heal. Because if I would have taken rest, then it would like, heal quicker. But I just wanted to do it in, in Bermuda because I just love the course. Because so many races, in, at least, definitely for the females, it's, it's always exciting. But if we have like a nice bike course, then 
it's the red, the whole two hours is exciting. There's so much happening. So I, I really loved to race Bermuda. So I was just like, I will just give it a go. And maybe like if, even if the swim doesn't turn out because I have my ankle, like completely taped. Right. So the medical team only allowed me to raise if I would like tape it in a 90 degree that I could not twist it again. Uh, but of course that isn't place for me. That. Yeah. 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 And also for the running, it's not great. So even on a bike, I wasn't sure if I could even run. Um, but I, I just enjoyed it so much to, uh, to do the bike right there. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as anesthetics go, riding with Flora up front to two of you together through Bermuda, probably pretty good. No, I mean, taking yeah. your mind off any pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, the bike was, I also just love the bike course because there's so much challenge because it doesn't favor the good swimmers because I was not a good swimmer in Bermuda. <laughs> But I could just jump twice because of the hill and the tough course. And yeah, it was just amazing. Also, just the love for Triathlon and for Flora, of course, in Bermuda. It, uh, it makes you fly. So um, yeah, that was just a great experience. But yeah, after that, of course, I had a new injury to uh, to recover from. And um, yeah, we didn't do any new scans after that because we were like, okay, we checked it out pretty properly in Bermuda. Um, but I... Uh, yeah, I didn't do much running, like maybe not even any running. I think I did four run sessions in between Bermuda and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, so I also knew Abu Dhabi wasn't going to be great. Um, but yeah, of course, you want to finish the series. And I was like, probably I cannot make it worse. I just had some extra time to recover for it. But then we had the crash and um, I think I just landed on it again. Um, so on the next MRI scan, MRI scan, we saw some um yeah tendon over the ankle that was a bit damaged um so i had to take four weeks or six weeks off running and walking and stuff like that and uh now i'm building up again yeah so it's uh it was a i think it's one of the worst seasons i've ever had like with injury wise or bad luck wise uh but still finishing top 10 at the world gym so I just have to see that as a big, uh, a big uh, improvement. Uh, if you look at five years ago, or even four years, three years ago. Totally. I mean, to be able to be playing such a decisive part in those kind of races with those kind of people. If you, yeah, we spoke in middle of. Well, it would have been towards the end of 2020 uh, when you were on the podcast, and I think you just had your Carla Vivari first podium, and you were saying like looking back to to Hamburg, which was your sixth place, right? In 2020, I think, or that, you know, that was like a, you, you felt that was, that was a kind of a breakthrough moment and that you were then like, oh, maybe, maybe I can push onto a podium. So to go from maybe I can push onto a podium to looking back at a season like that, uh, saying that it, and it was full of bad luck and so on, like, is, is a chunk of that down to like, maybe even down to that run in Carlo Vivari where by your admission, you know, swim biker, but you knew, you know, you've got the run and to do it on that course was obviously an amazing achievement. And then equally leads tough, grueling, draining kind of run, right. On that course. And yeah, 2021 produced the gold. So yeah. Is that, is that a big mindset difference that helped you get to that? Do you, do you think the self-confidence really has has kind of shifted things along massively for you um i think it's also um the way of how you go for a race 
Um, because of course, when we talk about Hamburg in 2013, like my first race, um, in the series, it, it was like, um, I will just see what happens. Um, and of course, I think I did my second WTS race in uh, Leeds in 2017. Um, and then I was in the first pack with Flora and Jess. And uh, that was also just the experience like, okay, my swim and bike is quite on point. But my bike was still that you you feel so empty after that bike ride. Because the ha the level that, that we are they are at it uh, it's it's just so high yeah uh, so my run wasn't that great anymore and then you you just like it was a bit more of like i have to be there with the swim and the bike and then i will just have to survive the run and then gradually i learned that okay now my bike is such steady thing that i can do something on the run but then you just hope for a top 10 or a top 15 and then in hamburg in 2020 i I was suddenly so close to the podium because in, in seconds it was not that much, but I wasn't in the mindset that I could go for the podium. So that's that's a really different mindset because you're like, wow, that's already a top eight. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm so happy I'm top eight. If I could hold this, maybe a top six, you know? And that's such a different mentality from I'm going to smash that run and see if I can go for the podium. So I think that was the biggest like switch that I had to, to uh, yeah, to knock around to to go like okay, I'm not just running to do a run. I'm gonna run to compete now, mm. and uh, I think I think that was a yeah big yeah difference in in how you approach the races. And then in Leeds, did you were you sort of surprising yourself as you carried on and as you kept? I can't remember how the final sort of stages played out, but yeah, just how you were feeling and how. To, to still be able to maintain that lead yeah definitely but i also um forced myself not to think about it uh, so of course we had the nice breakaway with i think just the three of us with uh, sophie caldwell and jessica learmouth and of course on the bike i think we all three we knew like if we would continue this pace and working nicely together then we might have a big enough gap to like go to the podium with the three of us and um, I, I think we, we all three knew it, but I really just try not to think about it. So during the race, you're like, so the moment when, when everyone is like, uh, hey, you have the motorbike in front of you and like, you have like this two seconds that you realize that you're like going for the medals probably. But then you just have to say, or at least I do it, that I say like, okay, that's, that's nice. But you're, you're running a race now, you know, focus and just focus on breathing and how you're going to run and focus on what's happening around you and if they're catching up or not and how to get to the corner as well. And what if, if, if I think it's going a bit too slow or if I can go faster or, you know, you're just trying to focus on that. So that, I think that's also why I like I saw the, of course, I saw the movie afterwards after the finish and I, I did not even like was conscious about what, what I was doing during that finish tragic the last 10, 20 meters. Um, because you're just so focused the whole race, like the whole 10K, you're just like, okay, I have to pace it right. I have to think about if I'm going to go on a downhill or on the uphill or on the corners, you know, and that's what you're, you're focusing on. So I didn't really think about it until I saw like the finish line. <laughs> and everyone says that, yeah, so many things have to kind of click into place to 
be in that what is a very elite club of a WTCS gold medal, right? There's not many that achieve it. And if you think about, yeah, there's, there's a lot of the kind of breakthrough athletes that you think maybe in 23, a podium or topping the podium would be in their sights, like an Emma Lombardi or Albert Kiar or, you know, even a Taylor Spivey hasn't, hasn't topped that WTCS podium yet. So, and that mindset that you talked about, it's not something that can be coached, is it? It's a, it's a switch. It's a moment that you find yourself in a race in finally after so many times of trying, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a piece of advice, is it? It's not a, it's just, it's kind of, it's circumstance and putting yourself in that position. Yeah, I think so. You, you really have to allow yourself to, to think like that and then also allow yourself to get back to the focus that you need for it, you know? And, and of course you have to enjoy it a bit and it really helps if it's going well, but you also see that, that in triathlon, especially on the Olympic distance races, that can, so much can happen, you know, your race is not over if you're, if you're having a bad swim, it can, so much can happen. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a mentally tough uh, thing. I mean, every, in every sports is always like you lose more than that you win. I think that's, that, that's, that's definitely true. And I think some mental coaching might definitely help to like get conscious about what you're thinking or what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a game of practicing and, uh, yeah, have the environments in which you can explore that. Yeah. And have a, a race like a Bermuda, which is probably your favorite ever sixth place finish, isn't it? Like, you know, that you can leave a race, obviously the injury with no doubt playing on your mind, but you can leave a race having dictated so much of it, um, and not necessarily be thinking, what if, you know, you, you had to be in a different mindset again there didn't you of, of i've got to run within my limits the podium was just sort of drifting mm -hmm. out of out of view which obviously would have been an amazing incredible achievement but yeah yeah that sixth would have still felt good i guess yeah yeah it did you know it's it's always nice if uh if a plan works out you know and and of course i was a bit scared before the race like oh if i go all out on on a certain stretch or if i try to get it to flora then maybe i don't get it or maybe i'm like some in between and what i'm gonna do you know so it's, it's always a risk you have to take and, and you have to like yeah go for it completely or don't do it and and yeah that's are the, the choices that you you have to learn to make when you're on your own during those races and during those split seconds, uh, you have to make that decision. And that the two of you sort of managed to keep, um, Taylor Nib at bay. And yeah, there were a lot of, again, you know, a lot of reasons why that was as well. Obviously kind of, I'm sure Flora was licking her lips as it started to rain coming out of the swim and so on. And it was kind of playing for her advantage. And then as you bridged up, well, she had to bridge up twice Taylor, didn't she? That was <laughs> what no doubt did for her legs a bit as well. But if you, if you think about you know, U3 plus Katie Zafira's her pistons again. Like that's another amazing cyclist that will will change the way that that those races are. are when you think about when Jorgensen's, you know, her big announcement of coming back, and uh, it's kind of racing's very different to when she the, to the, the the sport that she left, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, of course, I talk with Anna sometimes about it as well because, of course, she. I think she's almost done for 10 years in, in short distance racing, went to long distance racing. And I think the level increased so much because 
when I did Hamburg in 2013, I was only 17 years old and came out like first out of the water with like not that hard a swim, you know. And now that's not not possible anymore. There are more girls that can like <laughs> swim pretty fast, and and the bike is like completely different. Of course, it makes a difference when which course it is and if there's like any space to do something because it's not on every course it's it's like nicely a cycling course um but yeah i i i really think it changed because sometimes people say like oh you were you're running much slower than we did like 10 years ago or something um but i think yeah but i remember the bike rides in hamburg in 2013 i was scared in the group but my watch is i it was not high you know and now it is. So of course, if you if you rise almost at your uh, at your threshold for an hour after you did a very fast swim, yeah, of course you're not gonna run your fastest 10k. That's impossible. But if you have a fast swim and then chill out for an hour and have a cup of tea together on the bike, and then you have to run, it's a completely different run. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm I'm curious about what what will happen how the races will look like. Yeah. Now. And. Yeah, what Flora was able to achieve the last two seasons is obviously incredible and can't imagine a more worthy champion, an Olympic champion as well. But, would you know, is is the way that it's come about also quite a good lesson for the likes of you in terms of, you know, it's kind of showing that you shouldn't rush these things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I think I learned that with all the injuries as well in the last uh, 10 years that I, I just... You know, it's it's all about consistency and it's about learning and you know how we started the podcast as well. You just just so much to learn and so much to improve. And it just takes years and years to get that all right. And then you have to do it in the races. So it's a different deal from doing it in training and having that right, you know, and, and smashing the times that you wanna do. But it's a very different thing to do that in the races. And then you have to learn to do the races and then you have to like learn to own the races and learn to race the races. So it's uh, yeah, it's just a long trajectory, I think, in, uh, in triathlon especially, because we, we just have three disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. And equally, Leo, I suppose, is, is another brilliant example of the way that he kind of snuck in almost the back door and took that world title. If you were looking at Flora and thinking, wow, how, you yeah, know, that's, that's kind of, that's an amazing level and George would tell as well, then, you know, something like the Leo fairy tale story has got to be another kind of boost to everyone knocking on the door, is it? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. It, it like, uh, it, of course, it was amazing to see, and and it shows you that the the road is always open. Um, and yeah, you just have to to wait for it and work for it and just focus on yourself because it makes no sense to focus on others because you don't know what's gonna happen. Um, and I think for everyone, it works a bit differently because my main focus is not like racing the races or, or finishing on the podium or stuff. I just want to improve my day, myself So every day. I just know like, ah, I could do this better on the swim or, ah, today I, I, you know, my, my, my corners were not that great on the bike and I just want to improve that. And then I think that's the best thing you can do, which is just like improve yourself. And then at the race day, you will see where you are at yeah yeah and so Abu Dhabi kind of fast approaching you're weighing up the ankle and how good an idea that would be for you to race but um you know at, at this stage of the season are you 
are you either mentally or in terms of training, diet, anything like that? Is it a, something else that you're kind of bringing into this season that you haven't necessarily tried out before? Do you feel like, you know, this is the time that you should always be bringing in something to keep it fresh or do you prefer to tick away and, and kind of do things, do familiar things? Um, yeah, I actually really love to just uh, have the base training um, because especially like we had, of course, we had like actually two or maybe even three pretty weird world triathlon uh, seasons yeah. uh, in which it was quite hard to balance traveling, racing and do some proper training. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just really glad that I can now like put in a consistent work and just because you, you know, you feel stronger every week that you put in some proper training, uh, you just grow stronger. So I, I don't do much different or special. I just put in very easy long hours and, uh, yeah, work on some technical aspects of the, of the training. And, uh, of course, yeah, I have to recover from the injury, but, uh. I just go so much stronger if I just do the easy hours and I do them really easy and then I just need a few hard sessions to to be ready again. So uh, mm. yeah, I just I just really love to just put the normal work in and uh, go for the gravel rides, mountain bike rides, and uh, yeah, 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 mix it up a bit. No skiing. We've been trying to been thinking about you know, surely the with the winter transfer world championships coming up, we can make that part of the. Uh, the off season easing back in. Yeah. Hayden Wild was running in the snow the other day. I've seen Nina Iman, you know, Chonga Lehman hitting the slopes and doing that. I think it could be winter triathlon, arena games, and then into the season. That could be the uh, the new new schedule. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, it's enough racing. But uh, <laughs> if you want to try, go ahead. Yeah. I haven't actually done any skiing or anything, just just ice skating because in the Netherlands it's quite big. Yeah, cool. Uh, and of course, in the normal winters where we had ice on the normal waters outside, then uh, then I used to do it as a kid, but uh, yeah, not anymore because there's no ice anymore. And uh, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, never been a winter athlete. No. <laughs> Plus, I mean, throwing in, you know, the small matter of a gala awards this off season, just to, just to, you, you were in Nice, it was last weekend. Um, yeah, it looked like a great event. Did you have a nice time down there? Yeah, we had a, we had a nice time. It was a, it was a quick flight up and, uh, and down again, but, um, yeah, Nice is a, is a beautiful city. I just know it from, uh, the Grand Prix races we did there as well. Um, and I, I think it's so nice that they're just like, um, connecting a bit, like with, with World Triathlon and also PTO to just like interconnect a bit, because I think there's quite a lot of, uh, short distance athletes that at least trying to do like the PTO distances or the, uh, the 70.3s. I am also looking forward to explore that a bit. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, I think so many. Uh, you, you know, fans of the sports, they, they, they know the long distance racing a bit more than the short distance racing because it's more comparable to what they do. And I think it's, it's really big and I think it would be really nice if we can like go a bit more to what they are doing with the long distance racing and, uh, some proper courses and yeah, if we intermix that a bit. So I, I really enjoyed also that they were like trying to do that. And of course, the first time it's always a bit, uh, yeah, a bit tough. You don't know what to expect. You try to organize it well, but you, yeah, you don't know who will show up or if it would be good or not. 
Um, but I, I think it was a really good first, uh, yeah, first event. And I, I really enjoyed it to be able to see athletes like dressed up. It's mm -hmm. really different from when you see them at a race. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the winners, of course, they, they definitely deserved it. And I think it's so nice when some of the winners had a, had a very nice speech. I mean, that one of Flora and also from uh, other winners, like the, yeah, just the talks that, that like shows the, the, the motivation and the heart of triathlon sports. I think that's, that's beautiful. And we could like, yeah, we could, I think we could interact and, and, uh, com yeah, how do you say it? Connect a bit more with, uh, yeah, with everyone that just loves triathlon in, in each form that there is at the moment. Yeah. And like you said, like those different formats and they are very different offerings like from World Triathlon to PTO to Super League, but they're, they're proving very complementary to each other at the moment. If, if your calendar is allowing, then that's, that's the tricky part, isn't it? I suppose, but, but the opportunities yeah. are, are there more than ever if you want to take them. Yeah, exactly. And I think it will only increase the level at every discipline. And because of course, like when we first started or when Super League first started or like the relays first started, everyone is kind of able to do it because no one is really specialized in it. Um, but I think to, to grow a sport, people have to become more experienced and more specialized in it because some athletes will know like, okay, but I'm definitely more like a long, long endurance athlete. You know, and then of course 70.3 and Olympic distance racing, it's quite close to each other. Um, but I think Super League racing is, 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 is different. So in, in time when the, of course, triathlon is still a young sport, if you compare it to a lot of other sports. So I think in time when, yeah, when they're just getting more athletes and more specialization, then I think the level will, will definitely increase and it won't be that easy to intermix Ironman racing with Super League racing. I think you see is already a bit that like the, even if you take uh, Gustav or something, like of course he's a great athlete in all parts of, of racing, but um, yeah, maybe his swim is not as fast as it should be for Super League or sprint distance racing. Yeah, And I think in the longer time we wait, the more specialization there will become and then the level will only increase at every discipline. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how that will be in like 10 or 20 years. And bang in the middle of that is the Olympic distance, right? So that's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I just love the Olympic distance racing because there's, uh, you're, you're of course allowed to draft. So of course, one of the beautiful things in, in like long distance racing is that you do it all on your own. Um, but I also just love the tactics of, of Olympic distance racing because you have time to make up any mistakes and there is time to, to take a risk, to try to break away. And then if the breakaway doesn't work, no worries because there's still 30 K to go or something or a 10 K run. Um, so yeah, I just, I just love it. How, how the Olympic distance racing is. So, uh, yeah, that will also be my main focus for the next season. Great. Well, we can't wait to see it just before we wrap up though, you've got to give us your in true Ryan Seacrest fashion, best dressed of the, uh, global triathlon awards. There was Vincent Louis lapels on his jacket were quite something. It was pretty sick looking outfits going around. Who, who was your number one? Oh, that's a tough Put question. Right on wow. the spot. <laughs> oh, wow. I just want to look at the pictures again because I was just impressed by everyone. 
because it's it's so weird to see people in in the dresses because also the athletes that uh, came I think via Super League with uh, like Taylor Spivey and Chelsea Burns and uh, Miria Maria uh, and and like I was just so impressed and also for for like we like Anna and me were that's like completely black black bikes here and then it turned out we also had a black dress both of us so I think it, it just. Oh, I think it's just, it was just so nice to see it. And I, I just hope that there will be some pictures that I can go through yeah. again. But, uh, yeah, I think, and I think definitely like the, uh, the friends, uh, at least they all look great. And I think also the dress of, um, of Flora, of course, she looked, she looked beautiful as well. I mean, uh, is it a bit like wearing white to your you're the only person at a wedding that's allowed to wear white if you're the bride you're the only person that's allowed to go all in gold if you are olympic and world champion <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if she thought about it actually i didn't think about it but now you say it yeah maybe yeah but uh, uh yeah i think even if you wear a, a very um how do you call it it's not a shy dress but like if you just wear like dark blue or something but if it's really pretty then it also can catch the eye. So, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting to see how what, what people uh, pick. And now back into the tri-suits, back into the bike wear, <laughs> back to the grind. Um, how long in Lanzarote left? Have you got a good good chunk of time there? A uh, week, actually, just a week. And then I have to go back to the winter in the Netherlands. Yes. But, <laughs> let's hope the snow will melt away then. Yeah, a few familiar faces out there. Like it's the sort of location of choice for Lucy Charles Barkley and so on for training, isn't it? Are you kind of yeah, fist bumping folk all over the island or <laughs> familiar faces there? Yeah, there are a lot of familiar faces, and not only at Clip La Santa, but also on the other side of the island. I know there are quite a lot of uh, long distance athletes as well. Uh, like Yuri Koli, a long distance athlete, but used to be short course in the Netherlands as well, so I know her pretty well. Um, so there are a lot of athletes or other people who are like texting like, oh, I'm on the island as well. Should we meet up? <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of the, uh, the Lanzarote sunshine to, to talk with us. <laughs> it's been great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the nice talk. Best of luck for the season. I hope the ankle, uh, continues to repair and can't wait to see you out there very soon. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> Cheers, Maya. Thanks. <laughs>